Hey guys, welcome to the Journey of Ruth Discipleship Podcast, where we encourage listeners to love Jesus, study his word, and reach others. I'm your host, Courtney Loman. Today, I will be answering one of the biggest questions that I get when women talk to me about discipleship. They want to know, oh, Courtney, I'm not even sure I know what to do if I meet with someone as a discipler. Well, today I'm going to give you three steps to a productive discipleship meeting. And I think that if you follow these steps, that you will find your time with your disciple will be valuable and fruitful for both of you. Now, as you probably know, on September 24th, we will be holding the Entrust Discipleship Conference right here in Glendale, Arizona. I can't wait for you to hear from the amazing group of nationally known speakers God has brought together. They're here from all generations with one goal, and that is to encourage and equip women to courageously step out as the disciple makers God has commanded us to be. You'll leave feeling prepared to disciple whoever God brings in your life and lead others to do the same. Along with the speakers, we'll be having giveaways, a VIP Q&A session, and a live podcast recording. Plus, God has provided us with an ASL interpreter so we can serve those in the deaf community. Clear your calendar because this is something you don't want to miss. Now is the time to buy your tickets. Right now, you can use the coupon code SUMMERSPECIAL, all one word, SUMMERSPECIAL for $5 off your ticket. To get your tickets and find more information, you can head over to journeyruth.com slash entrust. All right, let's talk about the three steps to a productive discipleship meeting. Well, hey guys, I'm excited to be here sharing with you about three steps to a productive discipleship meeting. Now, I want to say right here at the top that we have to be flexible as disciplers. And even this process that I'm going to share with you, which is exactly what I do when I meet with someone and I'm discipling them, this has been a process for me to even decide what those steps would look like. Um, It's not something that I created all on my own. I kind of took things that I found in different resources. So I just want to say right here at the top that this is an idea, (laughs) but it may not work in every format for you and your disciple. So I want you to be willing to make changes, to be flexible, or it may work with the woman that you're discipling right now. But in six months, you find another woman that asks for you to disciple them and it doesn't work with her. And that's fine. It's all about looking at what you guys need, what she needs, what you need, what life can give you as far as time, and making the adjustments that you need to find the, uh, success in that time together. Please be flexible. There's no perfect equation. There's no perfect plan and find what is best for you. Now, the three steps that we are going to go through are fellowship, scripture, and prayer. But before we get to the meeting where we would use those three steps, I want to talk about that very first meeting. So you've decided that you are going to start meeting together for discipleship and you're sitting at coffee or you're sitting at dinner or in your in your living room over lemonade. What do you do in that very first meeting? Well, the as the discipler, you're going to ask a lot of questions and you're going to do a lot of listening. Because you need to know what 
that disciple is looking for in this relationship. You need to know what are the things that are challenging her right now? What are the victories that she's having in life? What are the things she's worked through already? Because sometimes as disciples, we can be like, hey, well, you know, let's talk about the, you know, let's do a study on the fruit of the spirit. And she's like, actually, I just did my own study on that. So, you know, that's not something that you need to work through with her uh, or spiritual gifts or whatever it might be. If she already knows her spiritual gift, you don't need to go through that with her. Um, so really get to know with her, know her and get that full picture of who she is, where she's at spiritually, where she's at personally. We really need to listen. Proverbs 20 verse five says, a plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. And so I love this verse because I think that we all have a plan of the direction we want to go. And believe me, your disciple is going to come in with some expectations. She's going to come in with, with some ideas of what she wants us to look like. And you're going to have your ideas. And just like any good relationship or marriage, uh, you have to find a blending of the two. So that second part of, of that verse, but a man of understanding draws it out by sitting and listening instead of talking, that's what you're doing. You're, you're coming to a point of understanding so you can really draw to the surface what it is that's most important for her and why she even pursued this discipleship relationship. Now, if you've discipled before, I want you to remember that uh, whatever formula, if you will, or process that you used, whatever book you read with a previous disciple, it may not work with this person, this new person that's sitting in front of you. So that's the other thing. Really listen and find out what her goals are and then figure out if the process that you normally take with your disciples is going to work for this woman sitting next or sitting in front of you. You know, there's a lot of reasons that women can come for discipleship. They may need, may need encouragement. Uh, they may need accountability. Hey, you know, I'm just trying to get better in this area of my life and my spiritual walk. Um, and by the way, it's not all just spiritual, right? It could also be personal. I'm working on not doing so much emotional eating or I'm working on not yelling at my kids. That's not a spiritual thing, but there's a spiritual aspect of it, right? Of making sure that our home is full of the fruit of the spirit. I could go down so many roads, but we're going to stop. But so accountability, they could be, that could be a reason why they're there. They could be just needing a sounding board, someone who has that wisdom, that uh, life experience that's beyond their own. And they just need someone to listen to what's in their heart and respond. Listen to where they're at and ask questions. Um, they could be there because they're trying to figure out direction in life. Or maybe it really is, I just want to study the Bible with someone who is a little bit farther along in their um, relationship with Jesus. And so that's what they're looking for. They're looking for some kind of time together in the word. Once you've taken a good chunk of that first meeting to listen and uh, kind of dig and discover who this person is, then you're going to make a plan. That's when you can make that final plan. So you're going to choose a book um, or a study or a topic to discuss. It might not even be a book. It might be that you're going to uh, be working through <clears throat> things that she can do to help organize her home or something like that. Um, you're going to, you're going to choose that topic, 
What is it that you're going to be talking about? Um, and then you're going to determine the next step is going to be where are you going to meet? Now, this may be determined by the topic that you're going to be working through. If you're going to be, if this woman has had, let's say, a lot of abuse in her life, and that's one of the things she's wanting to talk about is, is that health there. Um, the middle of a Starbucks lobby is probably not the place to talk through that. So you might want to choose a place that's a little bit more quiet, secluded, maybe a home, um, you know, something somewhere maybe where there's an outside place where you can talk and not be surrounded by people. Um, but don't be afraid of a like a in public place just because you're studying the Bible or because you're going to be praying. I have prayed in many a Starbucks. <laughs> with women that I'm discipling. Uh, so pick a meeting place. It also, if you're going to be doing a video study, that also might decide where you're going to meet because you want to watch the video together. And so you need a TV and a place where you can watch it. I would suggest that if you're going to be doing a video study together, that you figure out how both of you can watch it beforehand, if at all possible. There's so many online studies that you can do. And that's so wonderful to be able to, each one of you watch the video separately, and then you come together and talk about it. So you don't have to take up 30, 40 minutes of your time to watch the teaching. You can spend more time talking and discussing and going through the discussion questions. So if it's possible for everyone to watch it at home, that's what I suggest. So you're going <clears> to <throat> choose that topic. Then you're going to choose your meeting place. And then the last two things you're going to do in that first meeting is you're going to choose a time commitment for your time together. How long are you guys going to commit to meeting with one another? Six months? Uh, a year? Are you going to commit to the end of a study? Maybe you're doing like a 12-week Bible study and you're going to commit to doing all 12 weeks together and that will be your end time. Now, what happens when you reach the end time? You don't have to end. But what that does is knowing that this isn't a life commitment because some ladies have a hard time committing to discipleship because it's like, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? What if like we get two months in and the relationship is weird or like, I just don't feel like this is someone that I can talk to and they feel like they're stuck in this, you know, time of, you know, commitment to this woman for the rest of their life. If you give them, if, if you give each other an end time where at the end you can reassess, is this still working? Is this still beneficial for everyone? Is this still fitting within my life? I have had to step back from discipleship commitments because of things that were going on in my life. Things were too busy or uh, when my mom was going through cancer and there was a lot on our plates as a family, I had to step back because I didn't know at any one month or week what was going to be happening with her. And so I did. I took those steps back. Um, but if you have that ending time, then you can get to the end of the six months and say, okay, we finished this commitment that we set and I want you to take a week and pray about it. I'm going to take a week and pray about it. And when we come back, we're going to decide, is this something we still want to do? It doesn't have to be that formal either. You just be like, hey, so our six months is up. Tell me what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, if your relationship is developed enough and they're like, yeah, I, I'm really loving this and this is really beneficial to me. So can we please keep going? Yes, absolutely. We can keep going. Now, 
you've reached that first or you finished that first meeting, you've made that decision. Now it's time to go to the second meeting. And what do we do? Okay, friends, are you signed up for the inside look yet? The inside look is our monthly newsletter where we let you know what's happening with the podcast. We start each month with a short devotional. Then we pack the rest with important information for you, the listener. When we need listener input for a future podcast, the questions and submission information are in the inside look. When we have an upcoming Patreon chat, information, it's in the inside look. And the inside look is the first place you will see information on our upcoming merch store. Our newsletter friends and our patrons, of course, will be the first to know when the shop will open and what is available. We also will be offering a special code for our newsletter recipients when the shop opens. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, make today the day. Head over to journeyofruth.com slash newsletter and sign up so you don't miss any of the exciting things coming in the Journey of Ruth community. Well, the second meeting is when we're going to start taking action. And um, Dana Yeakley, she was a guest of ours on episode 75. And she wrote the book, The Gentle Art of Discipling Women, which you guys have heard me say, I love that book. If you are new to discipling, if you are new to um, whether you're on the disciple side or the discipling side, uh, it is a great book because she just put so much of her years of discipleship experience into it. And, um, and I have told her, uh, that I, there are parts of it that I look at it and I'm like, girl, that is too much for me. <laughs> you know, um, I, I just, I'm not organized enough for that, but that doesn't mean that the whole book is not useful. So, um, but if you're a really organized person and you really like to have everything like documented, go check out the gentle art of discipling women. Cause that is her, for me, she actually has a process that she goes through almost like a lesson plan that she puts together when she meets with women. I was a high school teacher, like my degree is in music education and I was a high school choir teacher. I didn't do lesson plans when I was an educator in the school. I made plans, but they were nothing close to a lesson plan. So to think that I'm going to do that now as a discipler, no, it ain't going to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but instead what I like to do is I kind of like to follow, um, like a process when we meet together and then where we go within those like time slots is totally dependent on the day on the conversation. So, okay, we're going to split it into three sections and here are your three steps. Okay. So your first step is fellowship. That lady that you are meeting with, um, things are going to happen in her life and discipleship is not about people sitting across from each other, just doing something educational. Discipleship is a relationship and you can't have a relationship if you don't know someone. The other thing is that one of the, the important things within the discipleship relationship is trust. And you're going to hear me talk about that a little bit later, but if you can't trust the person that you're with, you're only going to dive so deep within what's going on in your life because you're not going to trust them. And so we've mentioned it before here on the show, but there, and this comes from the gentle art of discipling women. Dana talks about a bridge 
between the two people within a relationship. And that bridge is a bridge of trust. The longer you're together, the more you get to know one another, the more that you become uh, entwined in each other's lives, the stronger that bridge grows. And why is that bridge of trust so important? When someone is going through something difficult or uh, is maybe finding themselves in sin, um, maybe there is a correction that needs to happen. When you come to them with the truth of, I need you to know that I see this in your life and I think you need to seek forgiveness. I think you need to change. When you put that big old bag of honesty on top of that relationship bridge, if it is not strong, it will break the bridge and it will break that relationship. But if that's a nice, strong bridge, you can come and and be really almost brutally honest, which I have, I have some of my disciplers who have been so brutally honest with me. I'm like, okay, couldn't you have said that a little nicer? And they're like, would you have gotten it if I said it any nicer? And I'm like, probably not. Yeah, I needed that. I needed that hard truth. If you can bring that bag of hard truth and just set it on that discipleship bridge and it doesn't break, you know, you've done a great job of building that trust. Well, that trust is built in this initial fellowship time. You're getting to know one another. You need to know about their family, their extended family. You need to know about their goals. What is their job? What is their education looked like or is looking like if they're in college? Um, Where have they lived? What are they passionate about? These are the things that you are, are looking for in this fellowship time. So that means, disciplers, that you need this requires good listening, good listening and intentionality. You're not there to talk. Do you need to share with them about you? Absolutely. But there was a study done where people, they, they asked, they kind of um, surveyed people that were coming out of a uh, blind date and they would say, did you think it was a good date? Did you think it wasn't a good date? And then they would go back and, and look at how much, what had happened on the date and how much did pe- one person talk versus the other and what did they do during that date? And the funny thing is the person that always said, I thought it was a great date and I'd love to do it again is always the person that talked the most. So if, yes, you need to talk discipler because your disciple needs to know who you are. They need to know your family and who your kids are and what's going on in your life, both the struggles and the victories. But the person who talks the most will feel like the date or the meeting was most successful. You want them to feel like there is a place for them to be honest and to be heard. And you can't, they won't feel heard if you're not actively listening. Now, let's be honest, as women... We could let the fellowship time be two hours, right? (laughs) If we wanted to, though some of you introverts are probably going, oh, please don't make me talk for two hours. (laughs) I could easily go two or three hours. Uh, I'm going to say that um, we're going to keep this first section to 30 minutes. And um, you're going to hear that I'm going to suggest that you meet with a disciple for about an hour and a half. 
So know that, that that's what we're adding to up to here. It's an hour and a half. So I'm going to say for fellowship, 30 minutes. And before you step out of this 30 minutes of fellowship, what you're going to do before you move in to step two is you're going to pray. You're going to pray for the time that's coming up. doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out prayer. We're not sharing prayer requests yet. Uh, But obviously, if you know or something came up while you were talking, we're praying for that. And we're praying for leader, the leadership of the Holy Spirit as we step into part two. So part one is fellowship time. Very important. Part two is scripture. And this is where we really get down to business. Now, if this isn't, if you're not doing a Bible study together, maybe you're, you're chatting about something particular in her life. What you're going to do is you're going to really listen and bring in, this is the time where we're going to bring in scripture and we're going to bring in a wisdom or advice that is hopefully biblically backed. Um, but we're going to get down to business here. This part requires honesty and trust. There it is. So this part goes a lot better if that bridge of trust is being built. So in this time, you're going to do your study or your work, or and you're going to go through those discussion questions that are in a book that you're uh, going through. Um, if it's a book that you're talking through, talk about what was the thing that's, you know, popped out at you the most. What was the hardest thing for you to read? And what was the favorite? What was your favorite thing that you read? Again, disciples, you need to practice listening. You're not here. And, and I want to say this, um, not as like a rule, hard, fast rule, but as something I want you to just check yourself with. This is not your time to process what you learned. Or your time to go through all of the things that it brought up about that you struggled with. You're like, you know, this actually reading the scripture this week really brought up a bunch of other things that are maybe I haven't dealt with or whatever. You know where the place to deal with that is? With your discipler. So stop here. (laughs) If you're like, okay, I'm discipling someone, but I don't have a place to be discipled. Okay, that's your next goal is to go and find someone to disciple you. That is what you need to be talking about with your discipler. But also you do want to be honest with where you're going and what you loved when you read or what you were challenged with. But that you can still be honest about that. But you don't need to dive deep because this is their time. Proverbs 18.13 says, He who gives an answer before he hears... It is folly and shame to him. So as you're walking with your discipler through things that are a challenge for them, or maybe you ask a question and it's kind of diving deep, listen first, understand first before you try to give an answer or a fix it. Oh, oh, I am a fix it person. That is so hard for me to when someone is like hurting or struggling Uh, The first thing I want to do is jump in with an answer. Well, you could try this or you could do this. But I have to think, do they really actually want help? Or do they just need someone to listen? Because they're actually already working on it. I just need to be that sounding board in that moment. And so sometimes I can be really silly and jump in with an answer. And they're like, yeah, I already tried that. And it didn't work. But I didn't ask before I volunteered (laughs) 
volunteered that, that wisdom that was within me, I guess. So don't just say what you want. Listen and then ask intentional questions. So there is another podcast, the Journey Woman podcast, which is wonderful. Uh, the host, Hunter Belis, is uh, has been doing this for several years. And there is a great episode way back, uh, uh, episode 69 of 170. So when you go, you're gonna have to scroll down. Um, but episode 69 is with Lauren Weir, and it's called The Art of Asking Intentional Questions. And I remember being really impacted by this episode because one of the things that she talked about was one of the biggest things about asking an intentional question is then doing intentional listening. So asking the question and then really listening to their answer and then responding to the the uh, answer that they gave by either asking a follow-up question based on what they said or affirming something great that you heard in what they said um, instead of, and how many of us do this, the whole time they're talking, you're just thinking about what you want to say next. And one of the things that I found helpful as a discipler is so, you know, sometimes I can ask a question that's kind of multifaceted and so their answer is really long. If I hear something that I want to address, like way back at the beginning, I will just take my pencil on a paper and I'll just write like a couple words that are going to remind me the question that I wanted to ask. But then I keep listening and I let her get all the way through. If there was another question, instead of interrupting her answer to ask that clarifying question, I'm just going to write down, write that down. And then when she gets to the end then I can respond and say, hey, back at the beginning of your answer, I had a question about this. And then she knows that I was listening, but I also allowed her to give her full answer, which allows me <laughs> to not give an answer before I hear. Thank you, Proverbs 18, 13. It, it allows me to listen to the full answer before I start asking for clarifying questions. Now for a disciple, this time that you're having where you the discipler is really listening intentionally, maybe not uh, turning it into their own, this is what God was doing in my life this week, but instead looking more for the response of the disciple. If you are the disciple in this situation, it's a good time to listen and learn, but it's also really important that you are being an active participant. Short one word answers is not what we're here for. That's not going to help us um, kind of open up where God wants to take this conversation. Um, it also, you have to be willing to uh, open yourself up for correction. So here's a fun fact about Courtney. When I do a Bible study, um, there are a lot of times questions that I will leave unanswered. And it is not because I don't know the answer and it's not because I didn't do them or I didn't have enough time. It is because the answer is too deep and too emotional and too uh, soul bearing for me to write it down on a piece of paper. And so, nope, I already know the answer. It's there, but I don't want to write it down. And sometimes maybe it's, I convinced myself it's because then someone might open it and read it, but who's reading my Bible studies? Like no one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just too important to put down on just any piece of paper. 
But that is the time when I am meeting with um, a small group or a discipler. That is the time when I bring forward that answer that I didn't want to write down. I also think it's because I'm so much of a verbal processor that I would rather talk about my emotions than write down my emotions. I hate journaling, but it's really beneficial. So don't ignore it. But uh, (laughs) I'm not a big fan of journaling. And maybe this is why I'm just realizing this right now in real time. Uh, (laughs) That maybe I hate journaling because it's literally putting down all of your emotions on paper. And I'd rather talk it out. I don't know. Anyway, but if you are a person that would rather write it out, this is your time to open up about it. Don't hide those emotions um, underneath. Don't only give half of an answer because the point of a discipleship relationship is that this person is getting to know every part of you. You can't be in an effective discipleship relationship if you only let this person write to the surface. I'm a person that doesn't allow many people super deep. But the people that disciple me, they're the ones I allow deep because they can't give me great wisdom if they don't know really who I am. So be honest with what you're struggling with. Be honest with what God is working you through in that week and how your discipler can be praying for you um, as you process and as you make the changes that are necessary. Okay, so the scripture portion is going to take 45 minutes. So with step one of fellowship, which was 30 minutes, and then step two, which is scripture, which is 45 minutes, we're now at an hour and 15 minutes. And then step three is going to be prayer. Please do not skip this part. This is the easiest part to look at our watches and go, oh, we, we talked too much and now we don't have time to pray because we got to go. Don't skip this part. If you have to skip half your discussion questions in order to make sure that you have time to pray, do it. It's worth it. This part requires not only the trust, but it really requires transparency from both parties. And you can't be transparent unless you trust. In order to be transparent, you must trust the other party that is in front of you. So at this point, both sides are going to share requests, your struggles and your victories. We want to hear what God is doing and how he is showing up in your life. And we want to hear where you are really hurting or where you're struggling, where you need help, where you need wisdom. And then you're going to take turns praying for one another. Now, disciplers, this can be scary. You might have someone who is like, yeah, I don't really like praying out loud. And that's okay. Disciplers, if you're not comfortable praying out loud, get comfortable right now. <laughs> because you uh, you need to be the leader here. And if the person you're meeting with doesn't feel comfortable, it's all you, right? It, balls in your court. But... What I'm going to say is that if the person that you're discipling doesn't feel comfortable praying, I want you to, first of all, ask why. Why don't they like to pray out loud? Is it because they don't know what words to say? We know that there are no right words because prayer is a conversation between 
Jesus in you. But is that why? Is it that they really doesn't prayer or anything? They don't really like talking in front of people. Um, is it because you're meeting at a public space and they find it really weird to pray in public? That's a thing, guys. Um, in which case, is it better if you finish your conversation at Starbucks and then go sit in one of your cars and pray there where it's no longer a public space? Like there's ways to, to work around that. Um, find out what the reason is. And then maybe one of these next steps may help them. One step that might help is to encourage them to pray out loud in other areas of their life. So whether it's at the dinner table or with their kids at home, or um, if they go to a small group, volunteer, like challenge them to volunteer to pray or whatever it might be uh, with their roommates, um, encourage them to, to kind of practice praying out loud in short moments throughout their week. Another thing you might encourage them to do is to write a prayer out that they can read next week, especially if it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to use the right words, or I feel like I'm going to, you know, on the fly, I'm going to use the wrong words, which those of us that talk a lot on the fly, we use the wrong words all the time. We just get over the embarrassment, I guess, of saying the wrong thing. Uh, But for some people, that's what's really hard. They might, they might say the wrong thing. And so encourage them to write it out, to write their prayers each week and uh, then to bring it and, and pray it there with you. If they just at this point are like, I'm not really comfortable praying out loud, then I, what I've said before is, okay, okay, well, I want you to like kind of figure out what you, how you can get a little more comfortable with prayer because I'm going to ask you to pray one day just so you know, like I'm going to do it today and I'm going to do it for the next couple weeks. But, um, in about a month, I'm going to challenge you and ask you to pray. And they've stepped up to the plate. It's scary, but they know that there's kind of like a deadline and they've got four weeks to think about it. And, and I'm not going to just surprise. It's your turn to pray. They know exactly when their turn is to pray. Um, and that's helped too. So our first step is to fellowship. We are taking uh, this time to build the bridge of trust, to build this relationship bridge and getting to know each, uh, getting to know that other person really, really well. And we're going to take 30 minutes and we're going to do that. And then we're going to pray and move into step two, which is scripture. Uh, This is the action part. We're going to sit there. We're going to have a nice conversation for maybe about 45 minutes. We're going to talk about um, what we learned that week, what God taught us in that week, um, what God showed us, and and, uh, maybe some corrections that need to be made in our life. Disciplers, you're going to do a lot of really intentional listening. And disciples, you are going to listen intentionally, but you're also going to um, allow yourself to go deeper than maybe you really want to. Um, And that's going to take about 45 minutes. And then we're going to move into step three, which is pray. And we're going to take about 15 minutes here. Um, That way we have time to share our different concerns, our victories and our struggles. And then each one of us is going to take a turn to pray. So that's going to take us to about an hour and a half with our disciple. Like I said, this is totally flexible. And those time limits, they're not 
set in stone, right? How long do you have? Well, we meet on her lunch break and she only has 50 minutes. Great. Let's see. 10, 40, and 10. 10 fellowship. Is that right? 10, 40, 10. That's 60 minutes. I can do math. 10, 30, 10. There we go. Uh, you've got 10 minutes of fellowship, 30 minutes of study, 10 minutes of prayer. You can adjust it to wherever you and your disciple are meeting. And so I want to encourage you not to be so rigid with it, that if you don't have an hour and a half, we can't meet. Um, no, you can figure out what works best for this woman. Hey, if you have any other questions, if this is bringing up like, you know, I have a specific question about this, you know, discipleship relationship that I'm about to get into and, and it didn't fit within your thing. Great. Email me, Courtney at journeyofruthpodcast.com. I'd love to answer it. You can also put it up on social. Of course, you'll see the images for this episode. Go ahead and throw a question there underneath um, the images for this episode so everyone can see <laughs> the answer um, because I would love to make sure that that no one is stepping in to a new discipleship relationship feeling like I don't Courtney I don't even know what to do I don't think this is gonna work out because if we're commanded guys if we are commanded to be disciples God will give us all the tools that we need to be successful <laughs> Well, I hope that you guys walked away encouraged and feeling like you have some tools in your tool belt, some new tools. And um, you can find all the information all um, in the show notes. I mentioned a couple of verses. I mentioned um, a couple of books. Well, I will put all of those in the show notes over on our website, journeyofruth.com. There you can also find all of our episodes, all the show notes, opportunity to sign up for the podcast newsletter, links to support the podcast and information on how I may be able to bless your church or community through speaking. Our website is also where you can go to find all the info you need about the Entrust Conference and to purchase your tickets. Go today. Use that $5 off code SUMMER SPECIAL. This week, come over, say hi over on Facebook and Instagram, and it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and then click subscribe over on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next Tuesday right here on the Journey Ruth Podcast. <music>